welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The Sinners are in Canada as the Queens of the North had a Sinners ball. But who got the win and who was down to sin? It's time to talk all things Canada's Drag Race 2. And joining me is the eighth deadly sin, Jenny Henny. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, listeners, here's the behind the scenes. I just looked at my notes and I had Canada's Drag Race 3. I'm already getting ahead of myself. God damn it. I need a break. <laughs> We're not there yet. Only t- Canada two. We're, we we what? We have like a month before Canada three comes out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, January twenty twenty two. Well, speaking of things coming out soon and everything, um, listeners, if you don't know yet, uh, drag news of the week: Drag Race France has been announced. Yay! We don't know anything besides their casting. I still am convinced that Nikki Doll will be a part of it somehow. Um, will she be the Brooklyn Heights? I don't know. But she's French. They like her. She she she's pretty. I think it'd be a good fit. I think so too. I think um, I think uh, they gave her enough shit during her season that they can uh, invite her back for a season. So exactly. And she's been doing like the uh, the fashion photo review for the international season. So she's she's still within the world of Wonder Family. I I see no reason why not putting her on the show. She'd be good, and she speaks French. Yeah, I think, um, I think, in my opinion, I think it's great when um, queens like Brooklyn and Nikki come back, because I think after all they've been through, like, they're the only ones that know exactly what the process is like, so they can actually give some good advice. I agree. I mean, because it really is one of those things where if you haven't been on the show, you don't really know um, what the experience is truly like, because it, it is a pressure cooker. Yeah, and even RuPaul herself doesn't know what it's like to be a contestant on the show. No, 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 she doesn't. She she thinks she does, but she has no idea. Well, we're here to talk about Canada's Drag Race 2. How are you enjoying the season so far? We're six episodes in. Where are you landing on it? I am enjoying it. I think that season one of Canada's Drag Race definitely set the bar high. And I think that the queens this season are also turning it just as hard um i'm a little biased i I think i like season one a little better but i do think that i'm definitely warming up to the queens especially now that they're getting smaller and smaller you get to really know the queens personally yeah i think we did get rid of um the filler queens already and now we're getting to the point of like okay these are the contenders these are the ones who could actually take the crown um and i think that's why i'm now feeling like the season's picking up a little more i I gotta say it that the judging just feels better i'm sure they all um were aware of how bad things were last season and i'm not saying that jeffrey was the problem but jeffrey was the problem (laughs) um i definitely think there's like there is definitely something off about the judging because i would like Normally, I feel like I can gauge who's going to be in the top, who's going to be in the bottom. 
but like every episode last season I'd be like okay this person's in the top and then they'd be lip syncing right you know yeah so I I definitely think we're they're making progress it's only their second season they have time to get better I mean it took regular drag race how long before they really found their momentum yeah it, it took a few seasons and I think they're still trying to figure out the the multiple judges aspect of it yeah um, <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't watched Italia, oh, they they are um, having those um, first season blues with the multiple judging thing. Oh my god, that was painful to watch. Yeah, I, I actually haven't seen Italia, so um, I'll Good make luck. Sure enjoy <laughs> the first episode. Oof. Well, let's dive into this episode. It is after the elimination. Hurricane Cynthia strikes again. Eve goes home, and it's about to get a lot quieter. Cynthia reads the message while kind of laughing through it. I don't know if she was laughing at Eve or what Eve was saying, but Eve was a character, wasn't wasn't she? Yeah, she definitely um, played it up for the camera. <laughs> um, I, think... I hope she played it up for the camera, because if that's how she is in real life, oh boy. Yeah, I think um, one of the highlights of her run was when she was just crying when she was called safe and was just like crying and it was just like an hour long of just her crying yeah back, back well Kamara is sad to see her ontario sister go but the dough ain't ready to come out of the oven yet eve gotta go kendall bonded with her and says she's gonna miss eve okay that, they didn't really show that on screen but good for you i'm glad glad we're giving you some more airtime of you're a good person um, and Cynthia has now deemed herself as the lip sync assassin. What 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 do we officially say is a lip sync assassin? Is it three lip syncs, four lip syncs? What what makes a lip sync assassin? Because it's not Jessica Wilde. I don't care what anyone says. I think, um, especially with the recent changes to the All Stars rules, I think that the description has widened into pretty much anyone who kills a lip sync. Um, right, but. I think for me personally, I think around two or three. Yeah, that's fair. Well, Gia won, and she wants to make sure we all know that she had the Gia moment. Adriana is going to pipe up and ask why she was chosen last. Come on, spicy Latina. Gia says she had flashbacks to the Rusical, and based on her perception of that performance, they have never worked together. That's why. Cynthia says she wanted to switch it up. She knows how Adriana feels, so she apologizes. Adriana may have been picked last, but she is a threat. Watch out. The Latina is coming for you. I was kind of surprised to hear Adriana ask this question because she, she is a very mild, mellow person and doesn't really cause any problems. Um, but I think the answers from Gia and Cynthia were also very valid. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's tough to be in the team captain's position Holy. because, like, someone's going to be big last and someone's not going to be happy with it. Exactly. And you just kind of have to pick on the spot and hope they're not mad at you. Yeah. Well, there are only seven left. Five out of seven have won. No wins for Kimora. No wins for Kendall. Kimora says she needs to take a risk so she can elevate herself. They're halfway through the competition. Time to reinvigorate Kendall. She is here to win. Why do we need this? a uh, little confessional because my winner edit theory is still going strong. Come on, Kendall winning the show. We'll, but maybe not after this episode. This one was weird. Anyway, 
it is the next day and the girls do the Gia dance. Um, Isis's knees are feeling old and I'm still feeling very attacked right now because she and I are the same age and I don't feel that old, but my knees are worse than hers. Anyway, she's feeling safe and top, but Pathea reminds her that she was in the bottom once. She thinks she did well in the last challenge and Gia reminds her that she did, and but she looked better. So how do the bottoms feel? Cynthia wants to avoid the third lip sync. We're going to get Amanda arriving wearing a very, 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 very odd dress. Um, I enjoy neoprene, but this was terrible. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she was wearing. Yeah, it was definitely a choice for a walk. Yeah. Well, for this week's mini challenge, they are channeling their inner Picasso hose. They are going to unleash their inner artist. Um, they have to get into quick drag and paint and twerk an, a work of art that depicts their inner saboteur. Are we done with the inner saboteur thing? Can we stop it? Or is it just become I, one of those things where it's a joke and we're just going to continue leaning into it? I think it's going to be a continuous joke. I think it's one of those things that you just can't. It's it's just going to live on, especially in mini challenges. Like Absolutely. How many can you have? All right, so this challenge was something. Um, Adriana is first, and well, she is dressed very French with a beret and a very Parisian frock. Her painting, well, very abstract. There is passion and anger. She is crazy and is always hungry, so you always see the empanadas. Abstract art. I think um, Adriana is definitely one of my favorites this season. Yeah. Just she's so crazy, and she just like, plays into that. Um, yeah, I think she could have really done Snatch Game so much better with her character because, like, literally, she was giving it. She just mm -hmm. had to give a little more. Absolutely. Pythia arrives wearing a black bob and kind of looks like the she could rival Doug Funny's sister. Um, and well, the painting is, I'm gonna say it, it's very good. Um, it like it actually looks like her. Um, I would buy it probably, maybe. Her biggest saboteur, though, is herself. She's going to cut her painting with a scissor. And I'm like, well, I guess I can't buy it now. But she's then going to put her, put it around her head. And it was a moment. She, I, I was very engaged with Pythia in this. Um, I feel like this is her to a T. Yeah, I feel like the thing about Pythia is she always knows how to take a challenge and, like, make it her own and, like, revolve it around her drag. Yeah. Geometric is wearing a very splatter pattern look and her painting looked like a lot of eggplants, but clearly we know where my mind was. Anyway, we get the sound effects of crickets and as she flips it over, she thinks it was upside down. And I don't know what was going on here. I'm assuming the costume that she was wearing is something she brought because I don't think she wasted all that time painting her look, but it was a kind of cool look. I was here for it. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely cute for a mini challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Kendall Gender is dressed as gay Bob Ross. Um, that fro was big sis, and her interceptor is unclean douche water, and I vommed a little bit. Yeah, Maybe that was that's, that's the direction we're going here. Um, that was definitely a lot. I feel like I feel like that's something you only see on like the international seasons and not the, not, the yep. not allowed on VH1. No. Kimura, Kimura is wearing a snow leopard muumuu and her painting looks like a penis peeing blue water. 
there's a dick inside of all of us, all of us saying, you're not pretty, you're fat, you're going to die. And as Pathea says, a talking dick? Funny, cute, whatever, silly. Uh-huh. Cynthia has a very pretty painting and a very odd Australian accent. There is a brain at the bottom and her soul gets sucked out of her brain. She is a dumb blonde. And I guess that is her inner saboteur. Um, are all blondes dumb? Is that a thing? Um, apparently on Drag Race they are. So. <laughs> And finally, Isis Couture, she is also looking like Judy Funny, wearing all black, and her painting is fire. Fire is hot, and the painting is not. Come on, Mother Goose. This is a brick house. And we, as we see this, she is peeking out from behind. And as she says this, her jacket falls off, and without skipping a beat, sabotage and delusion. End scene. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. This is the kind of performance that I enjoy seeing, that they can take the moment, live in it, and make a mini challenge memorable yeah i definitely think that like from like halfway through her performance i was like oh she won like absolutely now i don't know what order they all went maybe she went in the middle but there was a reason why for us they kept her last yeah she definitely sold it with the drama yep well, the dumpster fire is activated and there was absolutely a budget for this gimmick. I don't know why they needed to waste money on this. They could have like given thrown thrown a girl's like a thousand dollars. No, no, they needed a, a a garbage can that lit up. But yeah. The winning saboteur dolly is Isis. She wins a two thousand dollar gift card courtesy of Indochino. Come on, suits. Um that was a good prize. I, I'm here for it. I would take it. Yeah, I am. Um... For a mini challenge, yeah, that's a pretty good prize. Absolutely. All right. For this week's Maxi Challenge, they are having a sinner's ball. They need to serve three looks. First category is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Second category is ugly as sin, a.k.a. eyesore couture. And look number three is creating a look using the materials laying underneath the tombstones. They have to serve a look inspired by one of the seven deadly sins. Isis, as the winner of the mini challenge, will get to choose first. And she picks Raph because she's a leather top daddy question mark slash coming for my gig. What's going on here? Anyway, Isis could sabotage all the bitches, but her inner saboteur gets in the way. So she will be fair so she can win against the best. Greed will be given to Cynthia. Sloth goes to Gia. Pride for Kendall. Lust to Adriana. Envy for Kamara and Gluttony to Pythia. Which of the seven deadly sins would you want? Um, I definitely think the one that Pythia got, the one that was like, what was that one again? Uh, she had gluttony. Gluttony, yes. Um, I think like all like the cute like candy like that was in yeah. there and like pastels. Like I think um, that would probably like fit me the best out of all of those. Nice. Yeah, they, these were really interesting little boxes. Um, the girls are going to open their trunks and Isis says her looks like the bottom of her closet. Um, so what's inside that would make her say that? Well, leather and kink gear. At least put it in a bag. Don't just put it on the floor, Isis. <laughs> Come on. Adriana says lust is perfect for her because she is a sinner and she's not sorry about it. Gia is ready to have a slumber party in her box. Kamora is quaking in her boots. She sees vines and leaves and little to no luster. Kendall knows this is a huge challenge as the ball is important in, important in drag race. The anxiety is trickling into Kendall. She's going to glue things to a base garment despite making the look from head to toe. She wants to focus on the curves that make a black woman beautiful. 
So Isis is going to start looking around at her sisters as everyone is happy except for Kimura. She is worried about her box because there is not enough material to cover her ass. She's just also not inspired. And Isis thinks she'll get there. It's really always interesting to see how this challenge starts out because there are queens who immediately are like, I know the silhouette I'm going with, I know the theme, and they're off to the races. And then there are girls you just watch and watch and nothing happens. Yeah, and those are the ones that you're like, sometimes people, or sometimes those queens like pull it together and yeah. sometimes it's a hot mess. So you're like, come on, girl, like get it together. Are you a sewer yourself? I am not, so I would be quaking in my boots during this challenge. Um, yeah, I, I listen, there's, if you're going to be on Drag Race, you might as well go take a class or two or at least come with like a um, uh, some sort of idea of what you're able to make. I mean, even a leotard's a leotard, but at least you can wear it. <laughs> yeah, um, or else you're going to end up uh, gluing some uh, bags to a bodysuit. And, uh, and still stay, and still stay. Yes. Wow, what a time that was. And it was crazy. That was in 2021. Yeah, it, it feels forever ago. So long ago. Well, Adriana is going with a nightgown but has a cape. It will be hot couture. She knows that sex is body, but she doesn't want the judges to say that she's just wearing lingerie. She needs to sew something and glue gun something. There has to be a place in between. So she's going she gonna to do it, as she says, with scissors in her hand. Cynthia is trying to make sure her look isn't awful and not mirror her first design challenge as she has gold and that look happened to be gold. She is going with everything in the box that is not gold, but she's going to go with the theory that more is more. It's interesting because I, when I think of greed, usually go with green, but I know in the world of Seven Deadly Sins, green is always paired with envy. Um, do you think that Isis knew gold was going to be the color for uh, Cynthia, or was this just a bad coincidence? Um, I think she did because, like, the colors mostly resembled like the little signs that were over the boxes. However, um, I think Isis, I mean, if I was Isis, I probably wouldn't remember what Cynthia was wearing the first episode. Fair. Like, I wouldn't have thought that way through. I would have yeah. just thought, oh, the theme. I'll pair that with the queen. Absolutely. Isis likes to go dark and stuff, but none of the challenges allowed her to do that. So this is her chance to show her other side. She's weird, yo. Gia has sloth and her concept got her, got home, uh, got her home from a show and too lazy to make, take the makeup off. So she's going to do like a house coat and a onesie. She doesn't want to lip sync again in a design challenge. She already did it. Been there, done that. She, she's ready to show her stuff. Pathea has gluttony and her box is colorful and wonderful and sweet, which is not her. There is a lot of pressure on her to do well. She sees Cynthia and Isis as her biggest challenges as they are both designers, which is in interesting because I don't really see Cynthia as a designer in the way that Pathea and Isis are. But yeah, I don't either, really. I, th I think of her more as a performer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's going to go be a creepy witch from Hansel and Gretel and choice. It's a, I think it's an, uh, at least it's a concept. We like concepts. Yeah. Isis is worried about Kimura as she's in her head and not confident. She thinks Gia is onto something. Pythia is fast and good at construction, constructing garments. And we're going to have Amanda arrive with the sinners to let them know that 
Oh, I don't care about what you're ranking. I'm just here to tell you that Gigi Gorgeous will be the guest judge. Cool. And everyone was obviously freaking out, as you should. They, they were literally dying and living at the same time. Fangirls around. Kendall almost starts crying as she has been vocal about trans rights and trans representation, and she is inspiring to so many of the girls. And Pathea knows that Gigi knows her fashion and her style, so that's added pressure. Are you a fan of Gigi Gorgeous? I am, yes. I don't really know that well. I mean, because I'm not really a fashion person. I'm not a drag queen. I don't, I don't do that kind of thing. So I, for, for me, I'm not in the, the, the fangirl world of Gigi Gorgeous, but at least I know who she is. Yeah. Um, there are definitely people who are like, who? And I was like, come on. Yeah, there's definitely um, sometimes you hear a guest judge and you hear all the girls freaking out and you're like, who is that? Exactly. Well, sometimes they're told to do that because they need television, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. It is elimination day and Kimura is still terrified. She needs to step it up. As the girls get ready for the day, Kimura is going to pose a question that I think has a lot of merit and a lot of people might actually be afraid to ask. She shares that she's had a hard time with the letters of the LGBT community. She says there is queer, there's trans, which has an umbrella into so much more. She gets confused and she wants to give the right pronouns to everyone. Her question is, what does everyone identify so she can talk to them as they need to be addressed? Kendall begins and says she identifies as a queer male as opposed to a gay male. Kamora asks for more detail as she's always saw queer as not bisexual, you're not gay, you're kind of in the middle. Pathea is going to explain that queer is a reclaiming of the word at to its root, meaning weird. For her, she doesn't like masculine or feminine uh, expectations on herself. She doesn't see herself as a woman, but doesn't feel like a man. She identifies as the other. It's more open than just using gay. Gia shares that she identifies as non-binary and prefers the they-them pronouns. They're a tie-dye of gender, which is, I I think, a cool concept. I've never heard of that before, but I kind of get it. I I I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of that either, but I think it's definitely something that sounds really cool. And I think that everyone has their own kind of like perception on like who Absolutely. Kamara yeah. explains they them has been difficult for her because growing up, especially for Caribbeans, as say- saying they them is disrespectful. Isis echoes this as that was the way she was brought up. Calling someone they is offensive. She says that it takes time to relearn, and Pythia says that the way Kamora approached it was good. Kamora explains she is very old school, so she doesn't understand. She wants to ask questions so she can get better. How did you feel about this? Where, where, where do you fall in this conversation? Um, have you struggled with learning how to properly use pronouns within the community uh, now that there is more of a dialogue for it? Um, I definitely think it's something that um, I think maybe everyone struggles with. I definitely struggled with it a little bit at first, um, especially growing up in like a Catholic household. Um, Gender was very much a part of like everything. And I think that's kind of a lot of cultures and a lot of religions. Gender is very much... um, a construct that like is drilled into your mind so kind of relearning that um and knowing that it's not so much cut and dry like people try to make you think I think that's definitely 
an important conversation to have and kind of to to learn, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely important. And I don't know why we're, we're the general we are so afraid to have the conversation because I do think, at least for myself, I'm, I'm almost afraid to insult someone if I ask because should I already have known? Like, is this a conversation that's been out there and I should have known that kind of thing? But I think it is important to um, to respond in, in a way that is teaching. And I think Kamora did a really good job in this situation to allow the viewers in this situation to be able to ask the question to their peers and to their friends and to the to the drag queens that they see at a show. Um, and yeah, I do think it was an interesting conversation about the word queer because I had um, a little chat with a listener who didn't agree with uh, their interpretation of queer. And I was like, interesting, because I don't think I did either. And I think that's what's so beautiful is we all have our own interpretation. And no matter what we see the words as, just respect how we feel and just use it. That's all, that's all we ask, right? Yeah, I think it's definitely like just having an openness to like how people want to be called and treated. And I think Kamora, like you said, did a great job at like kind of asking that and not, you know, not being rude and just listening. That's all yeah. we can do kind of sometimes is just listen. And for us Americans, it, we have our own struggles here with with how people are addressed. But Adriana brings it uh, a step further and says, even working within the community with the letters, people still use Mr. and Mrs. and in um, the Quebec area, Monsieur and Madame. There just isn't a they, them option out there. Um, and Cynthia says that if you do get the pronouns wrong for some, it could be trigger. So patience and dialogue is important. She thinks it's a powerful message if drag queens are struggling with pronouns. If we can update our phones on a monthly basis, why can't we update our language? And I was like, that's it. That's the point. That, that's what... Evolve, people. Let's evolve. That was a very good way to put it. I think that um, it's it's about changing. If we can change things on a daily basis, why can't we change the way we speak? Exactly. All right. We're going to head over to the runway because we got a lot of looks to talk about. Brooklyn comes out looking like she just got sinned on in a barbershop with that rock mullet. Oh my God, I couldn't stand it. I hated it. Oh my God, I hated it so much. I like this look. The look was fine. It was the hair. I was like, oh, okay, fine. You're living your fantasy. The part about the hair was the fact that RuPaul would never wear that on the stage. And I think that just seeing the person who is judging this show give a mullet, I, I was here for it. You're right. That that's that's the truth. But you know what? I'm sure there is if you go in the RuPaul archives somewhere in the 80s, RuPaul wore that because that was the style. Yeah. All right. We also have Amanda, Brad, and the stunning Gigi Gorgeous. So we have the center's ball. So we're gonna have three looks. We will go category by category and include the judges' critiques that apply to each look as we discuss them. So first category is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And in honor of this runway, we are going to play Rock On or Drugged Out. So that's our version of the toot and boot for this one. Kicking us off is Pythia. Uh, tattoo bodysuit, uh, hair, bikini by Pythia, pants and gloves by Hannah Fisher. She's going super punk here, and as she says, this is the epitome of her drag. I love the purple hair. It is striking. It is vibrant. 
The bodysuit has that tattoo layer that gives it a little bit of an edge about her. I just think that the yellow tiger print bikini kind of got lost for me. It was just very, very subtle. Um, that being said, the asymmetrical boot pant is interesting, but I really do feel like it was uh, sideloaded. It really felt like she was going to tip over. What did yeah, you think I, about Pythia? I think that I get what you're saying about the the tiger print being a little subtle. I think maybe if it was like a more vibrant yellow. Um, I also think it would have been great if she like tied in either the purple hair or the yellow into the boots somehow. Yeah. I think that would have set it over the top really. But I do like the touch of the um, all the tattoos. Um, and overall, I think this is a great look for this kind of category. Yeah. Gigi says she is a huge fan of her beat and that her face was always on a 10. Brooklyn says it was the most spot on. Amanda, Amanda found the boot to be a bit cumbersome. I'm going to give this a rock on. It's not my favorite, but I, I, I did enjoy it. I'm going to give it a rock on, too. I think it uh, nailed the category completely. Audience, 73% rock on, 27% drugged out. Next up is Kendall Gender, Look and Boots by Evan Clayton, Tats by Tinsley Transfers, Nails by Ella Mode, Nails, Hair by Sean Malmus. I really love this on Kendall because it is so different for her. Um, the neon green hair looks like she stole it straight from Evie Oddly's wardrobe, and I think it is so punk. The bodysuit is elevated with the silver flames. The leather boots and arm strap sleeves give her the edge, and yet she still paints beautiful. I'm getting like that alt-pop singer lead uh like like kind of paramore but like not as edgy yeah i think that this is definitely by far her best look of the night and maybe the whole competition um i think it looks great and i don't get what they were saying about it just being a bodysuit because it was so elevated i think that i agree a nitpicky thing um but I think it looked great on her, and I think she looked really punk rock. Brad says it was gorgeous and got the body he loves, but says there is a lot of bodysuits. He wants to see more gowns, and as he knows, there is a fashion girl. Gigi says she loves a bodysuit for a rock star, and so do I. I will rock on. Yeah, um, I agree with Gigi. 74% rock on, 26% drugged out from the audience. Next up is Geometric, Guitar and Hair by Sean Malmus, Look by Lady Hyde, Nails by Black Cherry Nails, Belt by Daddy Adam. Uh, this is rock and roll and camp, but at the same time, I love it. But I like it, but I hate it, and I can't figure out how I really feel. I think the hair is big and blue and 80s hair metal to a T. The inflatable guitar cat suit just, like, confused me. It really does look like one of those blow-up guitars you get at a bar mitzvah. Um, I'm getting rock and roll, but there's nothing sexy about it, and you might need to be on drugs to enjoy it. I agree with that. I, when this came down the runway, I was like, I love this, but I would never wear this seriously. Right, and that's what I think Gia does, is she is that level of camp that she's like, you know I'm hot and I can do sexy, but here's my version of it. Yeah, like, it's so kind of ugly to look at but it just like fits it so well and so funny that you like forgive that part of it yeah 
Brad said it was a good spin on the rocker, but wish on the first challenge she had done a different silhouette as he has already seen her it on her. That I, I yeah, I I understand where he's coming from, but I think he was like grasping at straws for something to say. Um, I'm gonna give it a drugged out. It was not my favorite. I think other people had a better runway for this shout for this specific runway, so I'll give it a drugged out. I'm gonna give it. I think I'm going to give it a rock on. I think it, I like the camp enough that I forgive kind of yeah. the atrocity. So I think it, it was a successful look for this runway. The audience agrees with you. 71% rock on, 29% drugged out. They are not on my side here. Yeah. Adriana, look by Ruby T. Doll, hair by drag by Sherelle, jewels by Incho Bijou, nails by Angles Pop Nails. I really like this and how 80s Joan Jett it is. She's got the black and red giving you rock star. The black jacket cape on one side with the pinned stoned shoulder is really cunt. Close pins on the face are too ooky spooky for me, but she's serving the right energy. This look is great, but at the same time, it does feel a bit subdued. And I don't know why, because it just doesn't pop out under these lights. I needed like one more element for this to really go bam. But I did think it was a good look for her. Yeah, I think this was absolutely stunning. Um, I think that look-wise, like this might be my favorite from this category, even though I don't think it's the one that fits the category the most. But I sure. think it's just stunning, very goth. And I mean, I she always turns it on the runway. So this was no exception. And yeah, I'm going to give it definitely a rock on. I agree. Brooklyn calls her versatile and a very badass rocker chick. I'll give it a rock on. Audience agrees. 77% rock on, 23% drugged out. Next, we have Isis Couture. Look by Isis, hair by Drag Daddy Wigs. Jam and the Holograms had a punk rock glow up. I love that she is giving you sex and rock and roll with the neon colors. Where are the drugs, you ask? Well, those are the colors you see while on an acid trip. Uh, I think the colors are perfect. Pink, yellow, green. This is 80s. This is Twisted Sister. This is right. Yeah, this is... I liked how she didn't go for the obvious because yeah. if she just did a look like her final look for this, then it would have been less effective. Um, yep. But it was so nice to see her in like pink and neon colors that yeah. I think this was totally successful. And it's probably the one that I would want to wear the most out of all the ones from this category. Yeah. Brad says she continues to live up to her name. He loved the Misfits take on the category. Brooklyn called it basic and essentially a bodysuit. And I was like, really, bitch? Really? Okay. I'll give it a rock on. I enjoyed it, Brooklyn. Yeah, I would definitely give it a rock on. I think the judges are throwing around the word bodysuit a lot as a negative uh, critique. Yeah. And, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with the bodysuit. No, especially in this category. What, you want to wear a gown? No, no. I yeah. Want a gown. Audience, 79% rock on, 21% drugged out. Next, we have Cynthia Kiss, hair by Sean Malmus. I adore this look. It is so sexy. It's very unique compared to what anyone else has brought. I love the red and snake skin and how they work into one another. She's serving you 70 studio 54 with an edge. I think the cut of the pant allowing the leg to show is really amazing. It is a great silhouette on her. And it's something we haven't seen on drag race. Really uh, a pant like this. I really like this. 
I this one was a little controversial on the judging panel. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna err to more of the side that I think it was a little basic for this category. That's I fair. Without the hat, it doesn't give that much rock and roll. I think it just needs something. I don't know what, like maybe more accessories, um, sure. maybe a different shoe. Um, it's giving me very Britney Spears. So I think like pop instead of rock. Fair. Yeah, I was, when I was looking at it, I was like, maybe it's a little bit like Coyote Ugly, which kind of veers her pop, toward pop also. Yeah. Um, Brad said it didn't work for him. Amanda didn't love the look as she feels like she can see it in a Halloween costume shop. Brooklyn quite enjoyed the look. I'll give it a rock on. I was a fan. Um, I'm going to say drugged out for this one. Audience, 65% rock on, 35% drugged out. Not, not, not as in love with it. And finally, in this category, we got Kimora Amore. Okay. I've said it multiple times in the podcast that Kimora has taken items from her closet, repurposed them for the show, if this was the only look for this episode, she would have 100% been in the bottom. But let's be honest, there was no way in hell she could have been sent there after look number two, but we'll get over there soon. If you're going to pay homage to Tina Turner, give us quintessential Tina. It needs to be gold. It needs to be the right fro. This is a dance look at a bar. This is not right for Drag Race. And honestly, I'm a bit offended that she was like, this is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, I think... Um... She definitely sold it down the runway. Um, uh, I think it was one of those things where it was not the strongest. I think, like, I love that she paid homage to Tina Turner, but I think the execution could have been a lot better for this one. Yeah, it just did not work for me. And, like, for me, this is, like, what, three weeks in a row where she's basically taken a pageant gown or a dance costume from her closet and been like, here we go. I'm going to make it work and you're going to love it because there's not many Queens of color on the season. So love it. Um, Definitely. um, She sold it and made it fit the category. Absolutely. Gigi says she gave it to her and shimmied all the way down and she loves this queen. Drugged out. Not going to work for me. I'm going to say drugged out too for this one. Audience 45% rock on 55% drugged out. All right, next category, Ugly as Sin. In honor of this runway, we will play Da Lovely or Da Ugly. Come on, we're going to do it. I hate my puns, but we have to. <laughs> we, we, we need to. We, I'm, I'm running out, but we're going to do it. First up, Pythia. Look by Fawn Darling and Denim Pussy. This is ugly as hell, but it works for this category. She has taken a knit look, combined every yarn she could find, put it together, all from Patchwork's patchwork from the worst quilt ever and then made a matching hat there was so much going on i would say this is what pythia is she is kooky and weird but i wanted to see her have a little more fashion in this look i'm really not loving the asymmetry here with the one shoulder and the one knee sock and she's showing her toenails and her hairy legs so is that apparently ugly and gross is that the narrative we're going here yeah i think i like the look itself um, I think when we get to a later look that's also very similar, that's crocheting. Yep. Um, I think that one did it a little better than this one. Um, I like the look and I love the makeup, the makeup stunning. Yeah. Um, but it's just not giving me enough 
fashion, it's giving me more just ugly. Yep. I'm going to give it the ugly, not for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a ugly too. The audience, I think you didn't watch the episode and you're like, I love it. They were 82% to lovely, 18% to ugly. Choices, friends, choices. All right, next we have Kendall Jenner. Gender, no designer is listed. I think she was very afraid of looking ugly. So the concept she went with that could have been an ugly story, but without the explanation, it was meh. The ruffled tool is ugly in its own right and gives her no shape. The stuffed cat was simply that. If you're going to do barf, stone the shit out of it. And then we have like ketchup and mustard colored tights. Nope, it didn't work. There's no cohesion to this look. I don't know what was going on here. Yeah, like it didn't, like I get the story with the cat, but it didn't give me enough story. Yeah, Like I feel like if like this, I think has been done before by Naomi Smalls yep. during the one challenge. And that was like, yes a cat throwing up on her but like also kind of cute and kind of fashion and this is once again not so much fashion and just kind of ugly it's very interesting we saw two cat inspired looks in the fugly ball on uh drag race uk why what are we just hating on cat ladies is that the narrative we're serving on drag race we hate cat ladies i think i think it just yeah i think people think ugly and they're just like oh crazy cat ladies like that there you go well amanda was confused with the concept kendall will say that the cat puked and then she was grooming the cat and then she threw up the hairball that she licked very high concept clearly brooklyn says it was really ugly and as a cat person she would have taken it more literal it's the ugly for me it's not working yeah no i i like the concept but the execution once again needs to be i agree the audience was 32% to lovely, 68% to ugly. Next up is geometric, no designers listed. Uh, Gia is rising quickly and some of the girls should be afraid. I think this look is so silly and fun and camp and her presentation was exceptional. It's a gum dress with hair stuck to it. It is brilliant. And the way the bottom of the dress is cut gives you that cool effect like it's dripping down. Mirroring the dress with the giant blonde wig with gum in it was so smart. This was a very strong concept and exceptional execution. Yeah, I think this is what I wanted out of the other two. Like, I wanted something that, like, obviously had a story. Like, you can tell, like, why it's it's ugly and, like, all the, the gum. But it's never been done on Drag Race and it's actually fashion. So, like... Exactly. Brooklyn says her look was ugly and tacky and gave her third grade art teacher, which is kind of funny. Uh, this was the lovely for me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think she slayed it. I think this is the probably the best in this category, or at least one of them. I agree. Audience, 91% the lovely, 9% the ugly. All right, next up is Adriana. Look by Poe, nails by Angles, Pops, nails, hair by Adriana. I didn't know what was happening, but Adriana proves... Just like River Medway, if you can do something ridiculous on the runway, any garment will be memorable. It really was that scoot across the stage, the turnaround, the face popping out of the hole. The patchwork looks ugly, but I can guarantee you this will be in Fashion Paris um, week one day in the near future. I did think there was going to be a reveal, so the fake out to the chunky heel was hilarious. What did you think of Adriana? I think 
this was hilarious. Um, I think she sold it. Like that that's the thing. Like her personality is so just mesmerizing that like no matter what she's doing, you just want to watch. And like absolutely I don't know what I'm looking at, but like I don't care because I just love it so much. Like yeah. it gives fashion in a weird way. And I think it's so lovely. Yep. Amanda thought it was the ugliest, cutest little thing in the whole wide world. Gigi was cackling from when she walked out to when she walked away. It's still lovely for me and still lovely for the audience. 88%, 12% to ugly. Next on the runway is Isis Couture. No designers listed. Uh, this is what Pythia thought she looked like. Sadly, Isis did it much better. Um, she is giving you the ugly in the pattern, but it, it's the cut of the dress that makes it complete fashion. And she is serving it. I adore the Nick Loves and I would like my own pair. The pink flowers in the back of the hair were such a subtle and smart touch. This is a perfect look to wear to the gig in the dead of winter in Canada. Good job, Isis. Yeah, I think this was very well executed. Um, like you said, I think this is the where the other crochet look kind of wanted to go. But it's just like you got how it was ugly, like the pattern and... Like, it was just stunning to look at. Like, I just don't want to take my eyes off of it. Amanda says that every look she executes is always high fashion. Gigi says her look was stunning and was ready to fight for her. Uh, DeLovely for me, absolutely. Yeah, DeLovely for me too. Audience was 94% DeLovely, 6% to Ugly. Next, we have Cynthia Kiss. Um, Not sure where she got Ugly from because I really like this and it was really cute. Uh, the pink looks great on her. It's a wonderful cut. Uh, and honestly, she's one of the few people who could rock a tiny blonde bob and get away with it. So what 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 was happening here? Um, I don't know. I think this is, like the judges said, one of the best looks she's ever had down the runway. Um, it looks like that wig just works on her so well. And I, like, honestly could see this in, like, some kind of, like, burlesque show. Like, it's yeah. just really stunning. Brad said they saw her at her most beautiful in the ugly challenge. Amanda was confused by her inner confidence that came out of the ugly look. I was very confused. She looked good, but I feel like I have to give it a ugly just because of what the prompt was. I know. Like, any other category it would be, like, 100% yeah. lovely, but I think because it misses the nail, I would also give it to ugly. The audience, 36% to lovely, 64% to ugly. All right, Kimora Amor. Uh, this was a very important and powerful moment for Kimora and the show. She has taken this prompt and made an impactful and political and historic moment. I think it was important for the show to virtually remove all underscoring and all the judges' puns. We got to see what Kimora was bringing while listening to her story. This look in her presentation was a story about traditional slave garb from the Caribbean. She brought pain and slavery was ugly as sin. Uh, when she broke the chains and ran off stage, it really was a strong moment. Um, and I think no matter what happens from here on out, this is what Kimora Moore is going to be remembered for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this moment was really powerful. Um, and um, I really do appreciate Kimora while all the other contestants kind of played on like the campy side of ugly taking it and making it something very serious that's something also that's very important for people to see i think it was really well done 
absolutely. Amanda thanks her and commends her from the bottom of her heart. She thought it was such a powerful, compelling piece of work. Kamara will say that there are a lot of portrayals when it comes to slavery. It is visceral and it hurts. They are a set of people who have no home. And she takes pride being Guyanese as it is something to hold on to. The pain and suffering is ugly as hell. It was all about the moment. It was the lovely. Yeah, the lovely, 100%. The audience was 76% the lovely, 24% the ugly. I'm going to say those 24% didn't watch the show. So, yeah, I think that's what I'll say. <laughs> I agree with that. All right, final category is Seven Deadly Sins. And in honor of this runway, we are going to play Winner or Sinner. First up is Kendall Jenner doing Pride. Uh, so purple was her color palette, and she may have ha- made a pretty basic gown with a train, but its message she is bringing with it is all that was necessary. I think also from an editor's perspective, having a Black Lives Matter-inspired look directly following Kimura's slavery look was very important because obviously we did switch the order here. Um, and I think as far as the execution of the look, it was okay. I really don't think it served her bro- body properly. And the cut of the bottom of the dress was just way too short. It needed to hit the ground. Yeah, I agree. I think the message is amazing. And I think that the concept was amazing. I don't think the execution went over that well. Um, And I think that kind of once I saw this look come out, um, it wasn't until she turned around that I really got her message. So at first, I was confused about the look i mean it's it's not bad but it's not like it just needed fine tuning yeah amanda thanks her for the shout out to blm she asks her about the padding which kendall says she accentuated and did on purpose amanda loved it and appreciated it Gigi loves that she incorporated blm in her look and it speaks to her drag Gigi will now be the one to tell us that Kendall is proud to be dating a trans woman, which she admires. So we're going to take a little pause here. Very fascinating that it's going to take the guest judge to give us a big part of Kendall's story at this moment in the show. Wow. Yeah, I was a little confused that that was like the first time we were hearing about that. Like they definitely Mm -hmm. like, edited something out that shouldn't have been edited out. Or she hasn't spoken about it in the workroom yet. Because all I remember is from the preseason and the Meet the Queens videos, I remember hearing Kendall's and being like, oh, she's talking about how she's an activist and that's a big part of who she is as a drag artist. I was like, this is giving me um, Priyanka vibes. She's going to win. This is the artist I want to see win. But we haven't heard it. We never heard it. And it's and now we see it on the runway, but it's the story behind why it's important to her. I wish we got to hear it. And I'm I'm confident we're gonna hear it maybe next episode. Yeah, I do hope so because I feel like it would have been like a great time when they announced Gigi being the guest judge for that story to kind of come. Exactly. Well, I will give this look a sinner, even though the message is right. I'm also going to have to give it a center just because it, the execution needed to be a little better. Absolutely. And guess what? The audience agrees. 18% winner, 82% center. Next up is Pythia doing gluttony. 
I mean, let's just say it. The execution of this garment is sensational. She nailed it out of the park. The candy striper dress with the striped gloves were right on point. The hat was sickly sweet, but still screamed witch. The beat, truly sickening. The only thing I would have didn't love was the joily around the face. I wish she would have just taken it off so we could see her beat. But this was really cool. Yeah, I love this look. I think it was definitely something so different for Pythia. But like it just shows her versatility so well. And I think absolutely that it was the over going over the board with like putting little candies and donuts and trinkets on there that kind of like sent it over the edge and just made it yep. a really great look altogether. Brad says this look is as imaginative take on gluttony. And I think it is as well. It is a winner for me. It is definitely a winner for me. Audience, 94% winner, 6% sinner. Next, we have Geometric Sloth. Uh, what a win this was in my eyes. It looked high fashion and comfortable, and I would like to snuggle right up with it. Um, the alarm clock headpiece was a great top off for this camp-inspired look. I think the material she had really worked well to create a bedtime robe with a pillow. It looks very simple, but it's so intricate in particular. She made a bag out of a pillow with her makeup on it like it's the subtle things that she did that really i think tied it all together and i don't know if we just didn't get enough time with it to really appreciate it but i thought this was a great look i thought it was a great look too i think especially from going from what she made week one to this i think she really took the critiques that was that were given to her and kind of like fine-tuned her look like i think absolutely especially with the little details like the alarm clock and the bag, I think that was just set it over the edge. And I, I would see this in like a fashion magazine. Like it's Absolutely. Great. Amanda says this look is the new step in loungewear. Brooklyn says the look is incredibly uh, incredible, especially from someone who almost went home week one. I thought this was a winner. This was one of my favorites. Yeah, I thought she was definitely, after this look, I think she was definitely a contender to even win the challenge. Yep. Well, the audience, for some reason, did not enjoy it as much as we did. 68% winner, 32% sinner. So, y'all 32%, let me know why, because I'm very confused. <laughs> Next up is Adriana doing Lust. Um, I don't think she captured Lust. It's not really the that sexy, to be completely frank. She really did have a difficult challenge in the sense that she was really trying to serve lust when I think she could have just used it as a jumping off point without bringing you sex. There is a lot to lust over, and I think her concept got the best of her. The boobs, for me, were just what broke it. it they were just there. Um, it, th this, for me, was just sadly very, very basic. Yeah, I get where she was coming from when she made this, but it just, like, I didn't love it. I think it was actually too much around the, it was like everything that was added were like not in the right places. Right. Um, I don't think that wig really sold the garment either. Like I feel like she could have had a lot longer hair, maybe had a headpiece, like it needed something different with like what was going around her head. i think she was just stuck with i want i need to be monochromatic this is the only pink wig that i have so i'm going to wear it i think she could have worn any color hair and it still would have been better like i think if she wore like a dark hair yeah. moment that was like really long it could have at least 
elevated it a little bit. Absolutely. Amanda was let down as it is a corset and a shawl and guards with flowers stuck on it. She wanted to see more. Gigi loves the Giggle City titties. Brad says her attention to detail is smart, but this one, he lost the things he loves about her. He says it was messy lust, and I agree. It is a sinner for me. I agree. Definitely a sinner. The audience was 23% winner, 77% sinner. Next up, we have Isis Couture with Wrath. I think she really took the items from her box and made it work for her look. She's got the kink on lock and made it fashion. I love the headpiece she crafted with the gag. I, it looks really simple, but there is a strong sense of skill in it. The cape was very necessary to show that she did more than glue leather and chains to a collar. Um, also, Brooklyn saying it's Lawrence Cheney had me on the floor. I cannot <laughs> believe she said that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That was so dumb and I loved it. Yeah, that um, the whole look is just amazing. I If they didn't say her name, I would not recognize this as her. And I think that I agree. It's so hard to do in like a ball challenge to have all of your looks be so different. Yeah. And she just looks like a different queen in this. And I think from head to toe, the chains, it's just all so cool. And it's all very edgy and different from what we've seen. So I think that also put it like light years ahead of all the other looks. Yeah. Brooklyn says she's getting Ryan Burke in the makeup. I think this is a winner. One of my faves. Yeah, 100% a winner. Audience, 76% winner, 24% sinner. Next is Cynthia Kitts doing Greed. She was worried about not replicating her first design challenge look that I think her concept bombed, and that's why. I think she managed to find a way to be classic in style, but the execution was very, very meh for me. I wish wish she had a coat in leopard print with the fur hanging off the hat off of that and it would have been had hid the terrible top and distracted from the bottom of that skirt which was not a great cut the hat was cute and that's about as far as it got for me yeah this i did not like at all um i knew she was in the bottom as soon as she walked out because it just um it doesn't give me rich greedy person like she was trying to it gives me tacky Um, yeah it gives me like I think her critique about the the costume shop might have been more applicative to this look sure um because yeah it just wasn't it, it needed better execution for it to give what it was trying to give Meanwhile, Amanda thinks this is fantastic when to wear this to go and pick up her children from school. So, okay, weird. It's a sinner for me. I think if she didn't care about the gold and incorporated gold properly, she could have had a great look. But she she was so worried about the gold from week one. Yeah, sorry. This is going to be a, a sinner for me as well. Audience agrees. 41% winner, 59% sinner. And finally, we have Kamora Amor doing Envy. Um... I mean, do I have to say how terrible this look was? I'm really disappointed she got a pass for this, honestly. Um, I understand she had really some really difficult items to work with, but it's vines glued to a garment. The snake in black with the black mermaid cut dress made her look like she had a tail. Um, this just was not the tea for me. Yeah, I actually, I'm not as mad with this look. Um, That's fair. It's okay. I think that, um, you know, I kind of 
it was one of those looks that as I looked at it, the more I liked it. At first, when it came out, I was kind of in the same boat. I was kind of like, I don't like this look. But the more I looked at it and the details with like the snake and I, um, I thought that was a voodoo doll in her hand, but it's Eve. Um, yeah, I thought it was a voodoo doll also, but yeah. So like, I, I was like, once I kind of got that and then I got the snake and then I was like, okay, this is actually really great. I think the execution maybe could have been a little better, but I think from what struggle she was having in the workroom, I think this is definitely like years ahead of what I was expecting from her. So I right. think that um, I think it was a successful look. I don't think it was my favorite, but it was definitely um, I think it fit the category. Brooklyn thinks this look is very cool and whimsical. Brad got envy right away with the elements of what they love about her. I think I'm going to disagree with you. I will give it a center. Um, I think. I'm going to give it a light winner not my favorite, but I think it, um, I think it was okay. Yep. Well, the audience, 39% winner, 61% center. Maybe we'll blame the photo that was posted because it did not compliment her whatsoever, but yeah, not great. We're going to move over to the untucked junior where they just did a fucking ball. And Isa says that she was in tears with Kamora's moment. Kendall thanks her for creating it, and it was Black Girl Magic Week. So, who disagrees with the critiques? Adriana. She is feeling exhausted. She was called lazy, and that hurts as she was working until the last second. She really thought she was going to be in the top, but it's in the details that count, and showing body can be seen as simple. I'm really confused by what how she was feeling, I because... I, I don't know. I mean, uh, sure, you can put a lot of effort in, but if it effort doesn't outweigh execution. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, I get where she's coming from. Um, like when you do create something yourself and then you like show it to people and they think it's like lazy, but you actually just spent like the whole day or week yeah. working on that. I could see how that hurts. Um I, I think that maybe she wasn't able to kind of look at herself objectively. Um, it was definitely a lot of emotions that kind of clouded her judgment on that level. Fully. Meanwhile, Isis knows the judges loved her entire package. Gamora thinks it could go anyway since they all have had a little bit of negative with their positive critiques this week. Gia, though, thinks that Cynthia will be lip syncing and Cynthia agrees. Gia says that everything she brought to the competition is true to who she is. But Cynthia is going to tell us the truth. She knows that if you lip sync three times in Drag Race history, it's usually the Cynthia kiss of death. And she would really like to avoid that, Um, which is why I think Gia did say what she did, because she knew her sister was most likely going to go away. And she wanted her to feel as positive and let the audience know this is truly who Cynthia is. Yeah, I think so, too. I think kind of in that moment you could tell that she like knew she was going home yeah. um, she was resound to her fate yeah because she i think overall she did do the worst and she kind of knew she did the worst yeah. so it was kind of like just waiting for it to happen well the judges have decided that isis isis couture is the winner of the week that is a clean sweep winning the mini and maxi challenge she wins $5,000 cash prize from Palm Holdings. 
which I think is a thing where you can go on vacations, which I really would love to go on right now. <laughs> anyway, Gia, Pythia, Kimura, and Adriana are safe, leaving Cynthia and Kendall as the bottom two. How do you feel? Do you agree with that placement? Um, I do. I think that the bottom two were deserving. Um, there may be other people that kind of could have gone in the bottom, but I think that overall, I think it was pretty fair. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, I think Isis 100% deserved to win. And if it wasn't for her, it would have been Gia. Yeah, I, I really do think that that second look really was the thing that saved Kimura. Um, it was the moment and she, like the other two looks, she could have worn a plastic bag and she would have still been safe that week, this week. Um, Adriana, I think, did have a step above uh, Kendall and that's why Adriana was saved because I think that first and second look was 10 times better than Kendall. So this was the right choice. As sad as it made me. Yeah, I it agree. is... The Vancouver Sissy Smackdown, the Brat Pack Battle, Cynthia versus Kendall. The song is DJ Sammy's cover of Heaven. Wow, this brought me back to high school. Um, and for anyone who is younger than me, and it was, and you're gonna say, "Oh my God, it's middle school or elementary school," fuck you. When did you? Which okay, which one was it for you? Say it. Um, I was gonna say, I believe it was like early middle school okay fine you get a slight pass there um what a moment to be alive is this a dragon gay anthem now like what is happening i did not think um this would happen because i always hear this at like straight clubs and like i didn't know that this was a gay song now i don't know i my, one of my listeners responded was like no this was not the right song choice and i was like no i kind of live for it I was living for it. I was like, this is kind of a weird song for a lip sync, maybe. Yeah. But I was still living. Like, I feel like Canada's lip sync song choices are just like so much better than any other franchise. Now, I don't know who DJ Sammy is. I, DJ Sammy, One Hit Wonder. The song obviously was originally done by Brian Adams, who is Canadian, which is why I think the song was used. You just cannot use Brian Adams' version as a lip sync because it it's a ballad. His version is a ballad. So I'm glad this was the version we got. Um, but what a performance. The, those girls brought it. Um, the energy was incredible. And I really love that they showed us how they are as performers. Yeah, I think they are two performers that have that we've seen know really how to perform. Um, yeah. And it was really good seeing Kendall also being able to actually lip sync. And I Holy. think killed it. Well, well, I will say I know why Kendall ripped her seam with her dress because she needed to move. But the bitch had no panties on. Yeah, I definitely... Um, didn't understand why she didn't have anything on. Like, I feel like, um, I feel like even if I, if I even had a chance to lip sync, right, like, small chance, I would go back during Untuck and just change, like, exactly, like, or just like have it on to begin with, just, just in case, you know, you never know what's um, gonna happen, absolutely. But I, what I really loved about the performance is they interacted when the lyrics called for it. It was a beautiful moment. They had they shared this moment together. Um, I would go see a Brat Pack show. 
I go see the three of them on tour. Yeah, I think I think it was like, you know, you always get those emotional lip syncs where the two friends know each other. Um, yeah. And um, I liked how they didn't let it get in the way of their performances and they still fully they had their own individual performances, but also played to each other. Yeah. Um, and I also love that the camera was panning on Gia in the back, who was kind of getting hysterical, but I'm also like, I don't think you were really that sad. You're like, finally, someone's going home and I get more screen time. Yeah. Well, the three lip syncs is the kiss of death for Cynthia. She is gone and Kendall is safe. I got a couple burning questions for you to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Yes, I am. What is Cynthia's legacy? Cynthia's legacy, I think, are her, the lip sync she's had, um, like, her first lip sync was, like, amazing. Like, I think, I think, even though she didn't survive three lip syncs, I, I would still consider her a lip sync assassin, just yeah. because, like, every time she brought something different and she just turned it. Yeah, I think for me, one of my favorite parts about Cynthia was her voice. We got to really hear her sing in a way that we don't really get to hear on Drag Race. She has an incredible voice that's a little more musical theater. And she's like, I don't need to be a pop star. I'm going to show you that I can bring my voice to the show and still rock it out. I think she really is, I would say, top three singers in Drag Race history. Oh, yeah, 100%. Her verse in the by flop was like um, phenomenal. I want to hear her and Trixie do a, a duet together. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Well, I ask it every week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I have trouble with it. But after six episodes, the winner of the season is. Um, I think there is a little bit of toss up who, who can win. I think, for me, I think, just from what I've seen and what I kind of see in editing and all of that, I think the Thea is going to win the show. Interesting. I think that's definitely a possibility. For me right now, we're down to six. I think Kimora has no chance. Um, I sadly don't think Adriana has a chance any longer um, because she. I, it's not that she's not doing well. I think everyone is just excelling faster than she is. Yeah. Um, it's interesting for me to say that, that there, we're now, uh, we have four other people and one of them still doesn't have a win. But the way they're editing Kendall, it's all about her. She is the narrator of this season, and it's insane that she doesn't have a win yet. But we kind of have like that that moment where we got the low part of Kendall. Is she going to go on the rise for the rest of the season? So I could see her squeaking it out. Um, Isis now is two wins, which is the most of anybody, and she is certainly a fashion queen, and it's going to kill it on the runway each time. Uh, Gia is doing very well, but she's not necessarily getting all the praise that I think she deserves. Mm -hmm. Had she got been a top in Snatch Game, maybe she would be a contender, but I think she's just going to get eked out by probably Pythia, who may very well take it because she is kooky, she is unique, and, and I think um, in a world of all drag is valid, I think Pythia is a strong contender to be uh, a second winner for Drag Race, but I, my top three right now, it, it's a horse race between Kendall, Pythia, and Isis. Yeah, I think those are definitely the top three contenders. Like, I love Adriana, and I love Gia and Kimora. I just think that 
it's kind of like at this point in the competition, they say that wins don't matter, but I think, I think they kind of do. I agree. Uh, they don't necessarily mean that you're going to win if you have the most wins, but I think if you don't have one at like top six, like it's going to be tricky to stay. Absolutely. Well, speaking of winners, listeners, we have a couple days before uh, the finale of Drag Race UK3. Would you like to make a prediction on who will win that show? Um, that one is actually tough because I think um, for the longest time, I thought they were going to have Crystal be the winner. Mm-hmm. But I think... Um, Ella and Kitty honestly have been turning it out recently. Um, And honestly, I think it might be, I think it might be Ella because she's just like good at everything. Ella is good at everything. She is very consistent. She is a very consistent performer. Um, I wish she did have the personality that Kitty had because I think Kitty is my absolute favorite. I would love to see her win. Um, If she had the fan support the way that um ella does when it comes to likes on social media i think kitty could win but i think right now it's either going to go to crystal just because rue likes to piss us off or it could go to ella just because she's very consistent and has those four wins and it's a good reason to say she deserves it yeah i think i agree with that i think honestly it's like a toss-up like i thought i knew for the longest time and then with like the past two weeks i'm like oh maybe i don't well same well where can we find you on social media and venmo and any projects you want to plug that are coming up absolutely um so you can find me at jenny henny drag on instagram and venmo um and twitter and also jenny henny on facebook and um you can, yeah, follow me. Um, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So if you're in the town, um, I perform all the time. Um, I have a monthly show at Taboo called The Hen House. Um, so if you're from the area, you might know what that is. If you're not, you probably don't, but it's okay. Just follow me and um, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure having on having you on the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm excited to uh, follow along with your podcast and see what happens in both Canada and UK. The biggest thanks to Jenny for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.